Hey, welcome to another episode of Barely Living the Dream. Uh, this one I'm going to be flying solo pretty much, although I am still driving. I guess that's going to be the context. Um, but I'm, drive, <laughs> I'm driving around town locally. It's uh, the day after Christmas, December 26th. Um, yesterday was Christmas. Tomorrow is my 39th birthday. And as tends to happen around this time of year, this is the time where I really feel the most, I guess, like I'm barely living the dream uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, so this episode is pretty much just going to be me. I'm here solo. Um, it's just me sort of airing some personal stuff out, I guess, um, as hopefully as relates to uh, what, you know, kind of what's been going on for me in making headway in the industry or not. Um, I'll kind of try to speak to all that stuff. So if I, um, if I'm successful at uploading this tomorrow, as I've promised slash threatened, this will be have, this will have been recorded yesterday. So, uh, it's kind of a special, I guess, special, very special holiday episode, holiday slash birthday episode. Uh, we still have a few more in the can that will, I guess, probably be coming out weekly. Um, after this, we actually, at the end of next week, we head back to California to continue production on Wicked Tricks, so I'm sure there'll be more. There'll be more stuff, you know, recorded from the car. There'll be more, ideally, more uh, episodes with guests. Uh, we've kind of already, you know, put out the preliminary ask for to some people. So hoping to have some good, very specific, specifically uh, aimed shows um, coming up in the next uh, few weeks, few months. So anyway, so today, yeah, it's it's just me, I guess, unloading, um, which I kind of did, you know, I, I've linked to that blog that I put up in April uh, a few times, and I've mentioned a few times, but that's kind of, that's kind of where things have been, I guess, more or less, for this last, you know, for, for the rest of 2015. I, uh, I am still doing movies full-time, um... I actually been pretty lucky this year where I've had things come up sort of not necessarily back to back to back but pretty close to close enough to where um, I was able to make a living at it and, and use it to support things uh, I really didn't have to struggle too much um, and I actually haven't I was thinking about this earlier today I actually haven't had a quote unquote real job type job in about oh, it's been a couple years since I've had like a 9 to 5 um I mean, in between there, I guess I managed a restaurant for a little bit, but that that was terrible. <laughs> and it was barely, you know, it was just above minimum wage. And it wasn't really, it definitely wasn't a nine to five type of thing. So it's, you know, it's the kind of, it's the typical kind of restaurant job. Um, this typical soul killing kind of restaurant job. Uh, so yeah, for the most part, these last couple years, it's just been movies. So, uh, and that's been, that's been cool. Um, I guess my main frustration that I kind of I kind of bring up with people uh, that y you know um, about all that is that while it's been it's turned into a job and it's very rewarding and you know paying the bills and stuff it's I say 85% like not my stuff you know like I'm working helping other people on their things or working with other people on their things and that's that kind of gets to me, I guess, just because there's a part of me that sort of like still really needs that kind of fulfillment, like to have either, either written or directed or shot something, you know, something have done something artistically to contribute to the to the final product. Um, so that's been something I've been struggling with for the last, I guess, you know, this last chunk trying to get things off the ground of my own and of course there's placeholders but you know that kind of now that it's it's coming out now finally like it just launched on it launched on hoopla not long ago and it's about to launch on another site uh we just got the email confirmation a couple like the day before christmas i think maybe two days before christmas so that should happen relatively shortly but you know that's kind of that's a project that was shot a couple years ago and it has been finished in its current form for a little bit we've just really been waiting for the sites to sort of, for it to pass QC and for them to get everything together and sort of get it up. So 
that's something that I kind of was finished with a long a while ago, and we haven't really started the new ones, so we're not really going to do that until we figure out what's happening with these. So it's kind of like in a holding pattern. So it's there's other things, there's other movies that I kind of would like to do, and there there have been a few that I've attempted or tried, and you know for one reason or another, like things just haven't come together. And you know that's kind of like par for the course. That happens with a lot of stuff. Um, the movie Wicked Tricks that we're working on, I mean, you know, Brian's been trying to do for, I think, four or five years, and it finally came together. Um, I know there was a version of it that existed a few years ago with an entirely different cast. So, obviously, I'm not the only one that this happens to, but it's still, just with everything else going on, it's still kind of like, you know, has started to eat at me a little bit. Okay, back. Sorry, I had to pause there to get out of the car. I guess it's you know, I was thinking it's probably um, important that I mention what I'm doing today. I'm actually running around on the 26th and like paying bills and stuff because like we got home, we got home so close to Christmas that, you know, by the time I got everything deposited and the checks all cleared and everything, like uh, there's really nothing, I had to wait sort of, you know, for everything to sort of open back up the day after Christmas to start taking care of some stuff. And fortunately, you know, I'm, I made enough money to where I can do all that and not really have to worry. But it's funny that, like, I actually just went to the Verizon store to pay my phone bill. Um, the way I measure success, like my, my, my yardstick for that, is whether or not I can pay bills before they become overdue now. Like, I actually am able to pay my phone bill before they start sending me the text that they're going to, like, shut off the service or whatever. Um... Usually I'll, I'll, I'll slide in by the skin of my teeth or whatever just because, you know, because again, like I don't have a regular job. Like I get paid, there, there's no like every two weeks or first and 15th type thing. I get paid when the production is over or when I finish the budget breakdown or whatever that is, you know. Um, so I kind of have to like try to jump ahead and make things work or like sock stuff away uh, with the rent or whatever in mind coming up, that kind of thing. Um so, yeah, that's 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 definitely been you know my my marker for success. Like, oh wow, I can pay bills early, essentially. Uh, like, go ahead and take care of rent, take care of rent on the storage and all that stuff right now, instead of waiting till like the fifth when they're getting ready to send me letters or whatever. So, um, yeah, that <laughs> that really kind of speaks to the kind of you know like I'm make, I'm making a living doing movie stuff but it's still like, like I guess since I started doing that since I was sort of forced to start doing that um, a lot of people including investors in my other stuff have gotten it twisted and think that now I'm you know Steven Spielberg or whatever and can do whatever I want have a shitload of money they see me sort of like living in two places as as an indicator of wealth when it's really not it's uh more or less just an indicator of graciousness from one of my friends that's made that opportunity happen for me. Um, so they've, they've started emailing me and bugging me about money and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I don't, you know, like if you really could see like what's going on, that's why I mentioned that this holiday stuff is a holiday time is especially hard because it's when it, when it really hits home, you know, like I had to rush home from this production uh, which I'm very thankful for. I mean, I'm glad I had the work, but you know, with the checks, you know, depositing checks and getting all that stuff done and just getting home and being tired and all that stuff, like I barely had time to go out and get a couple of, you know, I don't want to say minimal gifts for, for my family, but I, I couldn't go full on shopping. There's no way, you know, um, it, it just wouldn't make sense like if I wanted to make sure that everything was taken care of fortunately my wife took care of a lot of it for me you know beforehand while I was out but it's just kind of like the stress of all that really starts to kind of get home and then like the 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 jab punch of that reality is quickly followed by the right cross of my birthday every year you know on the 27th being another year older how much have things changed have things changed at all there's that whole, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm almost 40, so I feel, even though it's not that, it's not that old, I feel like this crazy clock ticking in the back of my head, you know, how much more time is there left, <laughs> kind of stuff, um, 
and it may be irrational, it may not be, but that's how I feel, you know, that's how I feel, so I can't, I can't ignore that, um, and while I feel like I've made gigantic headway this year, it's still, I don't feel like things have changed that much internally, um, to, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm still not entirely happy with where I'm at, so, and that's just, that's just the truth of the matter, you know, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I, you know, I haven't been able to get anything of mine off the ground quite yet, uh, granted, like, it's, there's some stuff that happened at AFM that went a long way towards that, like, kind of later in, you know, I guess that was November, so, it, it's, it's still sort of in the process, and I mean, I won't know anything till January or February, but, uh, you know, there are things happening, but still, until they happen, I feel like, you know, they haven't happened, of course, that's the way it is, like, until, until the check's clear, it's all talk, right? So, I, I just get frustrated, I kind of get frustrated, you know, and there was a, there was a Kickstarter thing that we did, you know, I guess around the middle of the year, um, to try to get another project going, and I kind of, the, the whole reason I jumped into that was I had asked around beforehand, and it, it appeared that I would have had tons, I would have, I was going to get tons and tons of support. People were going to help me out and repost it. Maybe not monetary support, but just help me get the word out. People that were in some pretty good positions to do so. Um, and then when it happened, nothing, you know. And that really kind of bummed me out in a lot of ways because a great deal of those people I had just recently helped out in huge ways uh, with their productions, either on-hands production help or behind the scenes, like producery type stuff, getting paperwork straight, getting stuff handled that hadn't been handled, getting a lawyer to look at all their stuff, um, you know, or give, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. I don't want to get into specifics, but, and then like, de- it was just dead air, you know, so we kind of just floundered through making that movie, uh, or through trying to make that movie, and nothing came of it, and it, what sucks is that I got, I had gotten a lot of people committed to it that were doing things just out of the basis of their relationship with us, like Richard Reilly, Tony Todd, um, Angela Moore, like all these people, all these, this, this great cast kind of assembled around the project and then we couldn't make it because it just did, you know, it wasn't happening for one reason or another. And, um, that was frustrating because it's like, it was an almost, you know, like we had all this, all this stuff sort of ready to go and then almost like it doesn't, it just did not pop off. So the one upside to all that, aside from the movie, maybe eventually finally happening now is that I took kind of like the frustration and rage out of that and sort of spun it into this other script I wrote that looks like it's definitely going to happen soon that someone's going to finance. And, uh, it's sort of like an inside out version of the 30 to 45 script. It's called mystery spot. And, uh, I always I tell people that I, it has like a desperators, d- desperators. <laughs> I, I poor man towed it myself. Desperation slash regulators relationship with one another. Like they're about the same things, but in different ways. And they kind of share this. They share similar characters, but in different ways. So I, it would be great to eventually make both of those movies. And I think that may, fingers crossed, happen. But mystery spot is definitely happening, and that. Uh, it's like at the same time I was writing it, I was sort of writing it from a rage perspective and frustration uh, at what had not happened with the um, Kickstarter slash Indiegogo. I also was gearing it loyalty-wise towards the people that did support us, which is like only six people that really kind of went out of their way to repost pretty much constantly about the Kickstarter and Indiegogo because that's, you know, that's what it's about. If you're a nobody, it's no, it's a numbers game. And, uh, I had people that really had no, they, they didn't even know how involved they were in the movie or had no dog in the fight that were reposting every day. Whereas people that were cast in the movie that I talked to about it would not repost or maybe repost once. Like, you know, nobody ever saw it. So I basically wrote mystery spot for those like five or six people that were like on it, you know? Uh, so that kind of, that's sort of the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I, I kind of wrote this thing out of frustration and anger and weird loyalty and wrote it. It's the fastest I've ever written anything. Um, 
and I think I may be talking, we, we recorded an a episode all about the creative process on the road, like writing. I think I talk about this there too. But it's the fastest I've ever written anything, so I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if it's good or not. But then, like, once I sent it out to the people that I hope to be involved, like, they all came back and were like, dude, this is, we think this is the best thing you've ever written. Like, they really enjoyed the the arc and the voice and the tone, you know. Uh, got, I got some really good comparisons to some other stuff, so I guess in a weird way, the, the adversity of not of those crowdfunding campaigns not working, I guess, did help me out. <laughs> so, which, that's kind of the paradigm of my life, pretty much. So, so I guess I shouldn't complain too much. Uh, it's my context. But yeah, it's, uh, it's that's kind of where my head's at now. Um, just trying to get all that figured out. And again, it's, you know, I'm here... I almost feel like I'm punch drunk a little bit because I'm just now recovering from the shoot, which, like I said, wasn't that bad. But it was, you know, I'm doing two jobs on it. It's kind of complicated, and uh, it, the next week is even more complicated. So I'm still sort of like reeling from that a little bit, and then all the holiday stuff and birthday stuff kind of comes in. And plus, you know, being a dad to a three-year-old, um, it it, it kind of has my head in a weird spot. So. I feel a little rattled and, you know, a little frustrated and, you know, kind of like hoping for a little more, I guess. Um, and then it also like affects, you know, other people's shit affects me in weird ways. Like there are people that I see that are in a similar position as me or like even worse, like they bitch about money all the time. They can't make it. They're always bugging me for the next gig or trying to scrabble for the next thing. Yet they'll come, they'll get close to Christmas or whatever, or some other thing, and they'll spend tons of money on shit that they don't really need, <laughs> like super expensive presents for people and stuff. And I'm like, what? Where? I thought you just told me that you're gonna have trouble paying rent. I don't know. And it it it's not me, I guess, trying to run their life. I mean, I think a lot of it comes from more of a. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's jealousy. Like it's like you can you can bit you can be in that situation and do that, and it not affect you because somehow you're going to get through because you have a safety net or whatever. But I can't. So it kind of that kind of shit you know angers me and frustrates me too. And I mean all this stuff I put into the writing. I always I always try to like sneak it in there, um, even with closet space. Uh, when I gave the characters subtext, you know, as a director, like that was part of it, you know. Uh, Imago, that's a huge thing that's in there. It's like a, there's a money fight that underneath, you know, Brian leaving and all that. And um, that's, you know, it just, it, it just really, I feel like, uh, true or not, I feel like I have a, some things it's like I, ha I feel like I have a harder fight than most other people. And that extends to a lot of stuff. I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like, well, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that other stuff. But I just feel like I kind of have to have to fight my way up the hill a little bit more than some other folks. But again, that's you know that's it's stuff that's like kind of always on the periphery. But around this, for whatever reason, around this time of year, um, it kind of comes to the forefront. So then I guess it becomes the question becomes you know what. What's next? What do I do about it? And for me, uh, I guess my own personal um, prescription for that kind of uh, frustration, I mean, depression, I guess, I mean, it is, part of it is that, a huge part of it, has been to write. And, you know, write, just write a movie or write a script and kind of put all that stuff in there and and sort of expunge it, but it's been so intense lately that it's almost like I can't keep up <laughs> with that, uh, with the, all those feelings, you know, and, and with, I guess, the darkness, you know, I, I, I try to chase it and put, try to stuff that stuff into, a, you know, a story of some kind to kind of get it out there, but it's just, it's not been enough, and I don't, I actually tried to uh, to kind of augment that. I tried to start get a band started up out in California, and uh, 
had some success with finding people, but it's just there's no there's no time, you know, and everybody's so spread out, and it's it's become tough. Like that was always another good outlet for me uh, was music and playing and stuff. But I don't know whether or not that'll be that'll be a viable sort of thing. You know, I think it's my my the music stuff is going to continue to be. Uh, ancillary to the film stuff Like I'll be I'll do music or whatever But it will be because of um, You know a movie needs it Or something needs a song Or a theme or whatever um, So I don't think that'll be a, You know a good way A good place for me to sort of funnel out That kind of Those kind of feelings or things Or, or be very cathartic um, Just because there's not enough of it uh, So I don't, you know, I don't, the thing is, like, the thing, the, the main, I've just written a couple scripts, and got a lot of it out of me, but, you know, there's more that I guess I have to deal with, and the next thing up that I think I'm going to do, do is probably placeholder season two, but that's not really, that's not really a spot for it, I mean, I could put a little bit in there, but it just doesn't, I've tried, actually, and there's a few, like, uh, actually, 30 to 45 kind of for a little bit became was a placeholder season two sort of treatment. But then it became pretty apparent that it was a different thing. So, um, it just, that kind of, the kind of stuff I need to purge doesn't really belong in the placeholders context, I don't think. Some of it gets in there, but um, I think the most, the most cathartic thing I'm doing with placeholder season two is... Um, Writing out a lot of the people that kind of showed their true colors, <laughs> so it's all you know. Like, th there's the middle finger that I'm giving that way, I guess, with half of the cast being new and getting rid of a lot of folks that um, didn't support me when I really needed it. But other than that, you know, uh, story-wise, I don't think there's a lot more to. I don't think there's much more that I can stick in there, especially with the arc that I've kind of planned out. It's a little more. Uh, I don't want to say wacky, but it's less about what the first season was about and more about the evolution. I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain without giving stuff away, but it's more about Channel 19 sort of evolving and um, more about the characters, I guess, and the way they interact with one another. And the way the way things started sort of blossoming, and I started, when I started doing my notes about it a couple weeks ago, I really liked where a lot of the characters ended up. Um, and maybe what I needed to do was kill half of those people. You know, I don't know. Like, I'm glad that they were there and helped get it started. But the show is becoming... It's not becoming a different thing, but it's becoming more of, I guess, what I think it should be. Um, which I didn't realize that's what it should... When I first did it, it was not intended to be the thing that it is now. Or that it's going to hopefully become... But I think I finally found its voice, you know. And uh, again, what it took was this drastic thing, you know, like this all this anger welling up and me just not wanting to deal with people that I, I feel like kind of stabbed me in the back um, or made things really difficult for me the first time around. Um, and then my me trying to get my head around working around that and organically replacing the holes that were filled I mean the holes that were open um, with other folks but not like not mentioning it like I kind of you know wanting to make it sort of a part of what's going on and that just kind of led to a whole bunch of different opportunities that I really like so long story short I don't know if placeholders is going to be the venue for that so I have to kind of you know I find another way to sort of deal with all these things that I'm feeling and um, I've you know I can't I came to realize a couple of years ago that there are there very likely are some how do I phrase this some things that are going on in my head <laughs> that are that are genetic um, it, it all kind of came together. You know, what's funny is, like, I feel like Imago kind of touched on this, and I didn't even know it at the time. But approaching some things in Imago, I mean, there's a very much, and which is, you know, it's now called In the Blood, and I think that even the new title even speaks to it more. It's kind of about 
mental issues, like familial mental issues, uh, at, at kind of a lower level. And, um, I didn't realize it at the time, but that stuff has always kind of spoken to me. Like, like, like how things like that can be, you know, kind of a legacy and passed down from generation to generation. And that's, that's kind of your, either your blessing or your curse, you either work with it or, or, or succumb to it. And at the, at the time I didn't realize, I didn't even think about the fact that it might also apply to me, but there was a moment that I had around Christmas, actually several years ago, a few years ago, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was pre Reagan. So it was more than three years ago, maybe three or four years ago, um, that a relative kind of con- confided in me and told me that the person that I thought growing up that I thought was my grandfather was not my grandfather. It was, it was actually his brother and that my actual paternal grand or maternal grandfather was a guy who had serious mental issues and tried to kill himself a few times and eventually did. And that kind of like made all these bricks sort of fall into place because, uh, my mom had and has issues like that. Um, I mean, she's not part of my life now for that reason. Uh, and I remember several her attempting, you know, to kill herself several times when I was growing up, uh, our relationship was rocky to say the least. I mean, there are all kinds of things going on. I mean, when, when I say my, if I mentioned someone, my mom's crazy, I have to say, no, she's really, there really is something wrong with her, you know? And I, I think I got a lot of that and I think I've been successful in dealing with most of it, but there are times where it really does sort of, I can feel it creeping on me. I mean, I know that's a scary thing to sort of say, but it's very like shiny Jack Torrance, but Look, with all that knowledge, looking back on other things, I can really, I can really notice, you know, like I said, the legacy, like what that stuff, I mean, you know, there have been times where, I mean, yeah, this is part of walking distance. I mean, I tried to kill myself when I was younger and a couple times and I, it, I still think about, think about a lot, think about it a lot now, you know, it, it just happens. It's like. I don't want to say that I'd, I'd ever do it, but it pops out, you know, it, like when I may, I may not even be thinking about that. It'll just be this crazy, irrational response that my mind just kicks out at me like another voice. Even, you know, now I kind of understand when people talk about hearing these things in their head, cause I'll just be like, Oh crap, these checks, this check isn't coming. I won't be able to maybe pay this bill on time. What should I do? You should kill yourself. You know, like that, it's stuff like that. You know, it's like, that's not really a rational response to that question like usually we can solve the problem but those are the kind of things that kind of I've noticed I've started to notice more and started to realize that it's probably part of a bigger thing that's happening or that's going on and again I've dealt with it pretty well I'd like to say you know throughout my life and kind of like funneled it out into the work uh and now especially like I don't really if, if something like that pops in my head, the first thing I think of is my daughter. So of course, you know, that's never going to, that I, no matter how bad it gets, you know, I'm always going to be here for her. So that's not something that's going to, I think really happen, but it is something that I struggle with. And, uh, now I'm trying to find a way to, cause the struggles become really hard lately, I guess, you know, in a way, just because it's, there's such a high level of uh, ego and frustration and, uh, stress tied in with like the particular place that I'm in, that I'm at now. Um, so it's, I'm trying to find a way through that, I guess. And I don't know, really know what the answer is right now because I don't really think that I could do any more than I'm doing right now. I mean, I have three or four things setting, waiting to be green lit. I've got offers to direct stuff for other people, um, working on stuff for other people that's paying the bills. Uh, I'm still writing when I can. I've got the TV show up and running. We've got a couple more that we're working on getting going. Like, I don't really know. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I just, uh, I guess I, 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 I'm looking, I'm, I'm less and less patiently awaiting that moment where something breaks through, I guess. And it doesn't even have to be necessarily in a big way. You know, I work with a lot of people that have never had, um, 
huge success on like a, I guess like a genre level, like, um, you know, Eli Roth or Adam Green or whatever, um, you know, all the Bloomhouse stuff, but they've had enough success to where they're comfortable and happy and they don't really have to worry about uh, the wolf at their door necessarily. And I, I, that there's much less of that now for me, but it still is a, it's a going concern. And, you know, now it's, it's even more, it's an even more urgent thing because I, you know, I have a daughter. So that plus the, the, I guess the personal fulfillment that I'm seeking is kind of what's really driving me to kind of get a little antsy about all this. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is going to be. Um, I just know that I thir turn 39 tomorrow and, um, I hope that there's a hope that I, you know, get some sort of an answer before I turn 40. Um, just so I can kind of enjoy, enjoy that part of my life without worrying so much about all the bullshit that I've been worrying about for the last, you know, 15 years of doing this, 20 years of doing this. Um, and I feel like that'll happen because I, the stuff that I bitched about in placeholders or like stuff that bothered me before, a lot of that doesn't even phase me now. Like, um, you know, I don't even really worry about it so much because we've, we've moved on to another stage of our career, um, to where it's not, it doesn't matter. You know, what Houston thinks doesn't matter because I'm not working with any of these people and that doesn't, it's not, it has no bearing on where my career is headed. Um, because I'm working with people either in California, not just in California, but all over the world that respect me. So if, if I don't get any love here, it doesn't, you know, that's not an issue. So I kind of don't even think about it. Like here, it's just a place for Houston is now just a place for my daughter to live and us to have cheap rent, <laughs> you know, and my wife have a job. So it's not, that whole, that whole fight about, you know, the emperor has no clothes stuff. That stuff doesn't really come up in my head anymore. Like I kind of just, it's not an issue, but now it's more, it's like the bigger realer stuff, you know, like who am I? What's, who am I? What's going to become, you know, what, what is my life going to become? Am I going to be able to make a future for the family? Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, are we going to be able to put down roots uh, somewhere else? Because we're kind of we need to sort of start working towards that. We've already talked about it. Um, you know, Reagan starts school in a couple of years, so it's you know it's like big stuff like that that I'm having to figure out. And I, I don't. Um, the thing is, I guess the scary part is I don't know exactly what what is coming because I never. If I go back, I guess, two years ago, I never would have thought that I would be out in California working as much, you know? I never thought that I would end up going to AFM this year as a producer on a film that I didn't even know existed two years ago. Um, you know, they approached me about it earlier this year. So it's like a lot of stuff has kind of come way out of left field. Like I never would have, you know, and then the AFM stuff led to me meeting the guy that has a production company that may be hiring me to do stuff and like all these things kind of are not, are not things that I predicted happening. So in a way that's awesome, but in a way it's also frustrating because I'm like, how, how do I know that the stuff I'm working on or working for or trying to set up now is even going to matter? How do I know it's not even going to be left field? It's not going to be more left fieldy stuff. Um, and I mean, I know, again, I know that's kind of irrational to worry about what happens happens, but, um, it just kind of, like I said, it has me, even if I'm not consciously thinking about it, it has me reeling a little bit, just trying to find my place and figure out, you know, what my footing is in this whole crazy film thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the next year is going to bring. I know this year kind of started out, um, it started out with us, with me and Chris going out to California to work on the cold descent. And that was a great experience that kind of blossomed into a bunch of other stuff. Um, and then ended up me constantly working in one way or another. If I wasn't on a film set out there, 
I was doing like like a line producer pass on a budget here or uh, yeah, you know, helping somebody with rewrites or um, getting placeholders together and starting starting work on the new spinoff from that. So as I look back on the year, it, it was a pretty solid year of work. I mean there were some there were some crazy times, but I think I made the most I mean, aside from the year that Psychic Experiment came out, I guess on Lions in Lionsgate, um, I feel like I made the most headway this year than pretty much any other. Uh, I just I just wish that we had gotten in the blood, finally finished to get it out, but it's missing it's missing completion in this year by like a matter of probably weeks or months. So it'll be one of the first things to get finished next year. Um, but I'm excited to get that finished, both for the film itself and the people involved in it and for Chris because you know I'm eager to get his feature out there. I mean I, I haven't even I didn't even mention like you know my, my relationships with Lisa and Debbie like growing like they did and them like becoming real like friend friends, you know, and allies. Uh, I kinda knew that before but around the thirty to forty five stuff, that's when everything really got confirmed for me for them and I, I know that I know that they're both really in my corner and I'm super appreciative of that because it I mean it means a lot to me they don't have to be you know and they've worked with a ton of people at you know a ton of different levels so for them to respect me as they do I guess really really does mean a lot I think I've like talked myself into turning it around here in the last few minutes which is funny I do this a lot it's just this time you're kind of eavesdropping on the process, but you know, it's, it's stuff, it's, it's stuff like the, the Lisa and Debbie stuff that really kind of changes my headspace, you know, like it's, it, it, and it's happened a lot, um, in the last couple of years, like when I'm really down or frustrated, one of them will send me an email and just totally, you know, lift me up and kind of slap me across the face and be like, Hey, yeah, you're where you need to be. What you're doing is what you need to be doing. And keep going. We've got your back. And, uh, this year has been a bunch of those, um, from both of them, whether they know it or not. A couple of times, I guess it was provoked. Like I started conversations with them about this stuff just to talk it out because they both kind of, they both have relatable situations, I guess. Um, but a lot of the time it just kind of came out of the blue, you know, it was just sort of like friends lifting up friends type stuff. Um, and that's the kind of shit I need right now. <laughs> So I used to be, I used to be quite the loner and not really kind of um, depend on that kind of stuff to make me feel better or look for it. But I've realized that I, I really do, I really do need and value uh, that kind of support, especially now. Uh, and there to be able to give it to me constantly, and not just because I cast them and stuff or get them cast and stuff. I mean, I feel like we have a really honest and true professional, well, professional and personal friendship, you know, all three of us. So, uh, thank you, Lisa and Debbie. You may not ever hear this, but just know that you are, you are appreciated. Um, but yeah, they, you know, our, our, my relationship with them kind of evolved even more, you know, over the year and, uh, kind of turned into a thing where I feel like we all kind of are looking out for one another. Um, if I see something that I think Lisa will be good for, I'll really try to push and get her in it. She's kind of doing the same. I feel like Debbie, Debbie's tried to connect me with tons of people, you know, that were producing or producers or might be looking for a certain kind of project. Um, you know, I feel like I do the same for her because she's a great actress. And yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how they both got in Klinger. Honestly, that's when we started doing that. Um, and I'm super happy for Klinger. I mean, that's been, that's been one of the most successful things that I've ever been a part of and that that's just had its release and it's kind of doing its thing right now. Um, and I'm really happy that the movie turned out the way it did, you know, like I'm happy to be a part of it. And again, that was something totally left field. Like I never, Phil called me one day, Phil Nichols who did the effects and wanted me to help these guys, those guys out, you know, with like attaching people. And I did. And then, we kind of forged a relationship and they kind of, that kind of brought me, they brought me into that and that led to cold descent. And, um, again, you know, stuff that I would never would have foreseen, but 
has worked out quite well for us. So I think that kind of speaks to, um, you know, the title of the podcast. Like, I do feel like I am living the dream, quote unquote. I mean, it's such a stupid thing to say anyway, which is why we chose it, because it's kind of tongue in cheek. But, uh, I mean, clearly I'm, I'm, I'm making my way through this and I have spent the last two years, you know, making a living working on movies, which I can't really complain, especially having worked some terrible jobs, like directly before that. Like I I know that it, uh, I know that it could be a lot worse, so I need to not bitch too much, but I do feel like the point I'm at right now it, it wouldn't take much for the bottom to drop out, you know. It would just take a a couple, a few months of inactivity, or just not getting calls, or not being able to sort of get pulled on to the next thing. I mean, I, I feel like over the last maybe year, the Chris and I mentioned this in the, I guess the last podcast, but I feel that the 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 dynamic has changed from me searching out jobs to jobs searching out me, more or less. But all that it would take for that to go sour is a couple months of inactivity. Um, because I, by and large, I just I see that everybody, you know, the people that we're working for, it's not like they have some secret formula to get their stuff funded. I mean, they're going against the same adversity as we are. They've just been, they've either been luckier or at a different point you know, in their career or no, no other people, but the situations are not that different. So they easily could hit, um, you know, a quote unquote dry spell like we, like we have, you know, as, as far as making our own stuff. Um, so all it would take is for that to happen, you know, um, that's hence barely living the dream. Like it's, I'm happy, you know, I'm more or less happy with where we're at. I'm glad to be here, but I still feel, I don't feel entirely safe about it, Um, which is why we're still kind of, it's one of the main reasons we're still kind of Houston, Los Angeles, you know, bi-coastal, because I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to move my, my wife and kid out there and then just not have work and then her not have a job and us not have insurance and you know, and then the implications of that, of all that on our kid, you know, like I'm, I'm not quite, I don't feel I can make that call yet. What I'm hoping to happen in the next, you know, year or so is to get a little more, a little more stability, whether or not it's in the sense of the jobs just coming more regularly or cause they, they do, when they do come, they pay very well. So, um, it would just take a little more, I guess, surety, I guess, um, on my end or, um, one of our things, you know, one of my personal things finally getting green litter bought to where I would be basically, I'd be making a living wage for most of the year, if not the year, um, which isn't, it's not too far fetched based on the stuff that's out there. So that's kind of, you know, what we're looking at, um, for 2016, hopefully. It will just be, it'll be interesting to see, I guess, what shape it takes. I know that um, in January, there's a Hulu thing that I'm working on uh, as a line producer. Um, I mean, last I heard, it was still a go, so I think I'll, right after Wicked Tricks, hopefully I'll be jumping onto that. Um, And then after that, who knows? I mean, it could go a couple of different ways. I could jump on something as a director for hire. Uh, Mystery Spot may go at that time. I mean, it looks like it's gonna go. We just kinda have to figure out when it's gonna go uh, and where, actually, because initially I'd intended to shoot it in in the Houston Houston area, like down maybe near Galveston or, uh, you know, down there on the Gulf Coast somewhere, but it actually may move out west. I don't know. We're, we're going to kind of check it out and see. Um, also, you know, who knows? One of the other movies may kind of get may get kicked into kicked into being by then. Um, 
because there's stuff kind of percolating on all of them. And then after, in and around, and after that, we'll probably start more placeholders because it'll be about time so that I can get it ready for the next, you know, the next updates across the board on all the places we're syndicating it to. Um, so I, I know, I know next year is going to be busy. I just don't know in what way it will be busy. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm a little, a little less worried to talk about kind of what I was mentioning earlier about being on more sure footing. I'm, I'm slightly less worried about there actually being work. Uh, I just don't know what to plan for, I guess, at this point, because it's always, you know, things always change. It's up and down. Things are greenlit one week and then, you know, put in turnaround the next or the funding disappears or whatever, what, what have you. So it's uh, kind of wait and see, but I know, I know things are happening, at least on the upstart front. Um, and if nothing else, I can always revert to like doing, doing the stuff we want to do and just trying to, to bulldoze it through, like we've always done. But rest assured that you'll be hearing about, um, you'll be hearing about all of it, pretty much as it happens on the, on this podcast. That's one of the reasons I wanted to start it. Like I wanted to, I wanted to make sure to get all this all this stuff out while it was fresh, and talk about it in a very real way without any you know, hyperbole or bullshit or histrionics, just kind of like, here's the real deal. Here's what's happening. Um, obviously avoiding any lawsuits or whatever, non-disclosure agreements, but pretty much laying it out there as it is. So, you know, people can really see the, the nuts and bolts of, of filmmaking at this level and, you know, what it kind of takes and what sacrifices you have to make and, and, uh, things like that. Um, so, uh, make sure I, th- I think the, the the goal will be to kind of keep updates going on a weekly basis I mean we have enough right now to definitely do that through the first few months of the year and we're trying to knock out a few more interviews soon I think I mentioned that already but I think occasionally I may do like uh, like what I'm doing now like sort of confessional pieces <laughs> I guess uh, the reason I, I really you know I wanted to do this one today just because it's you know it's 26 like I said tomorrow's my birthday I always kind of feel weird around this time of the year and it, it seemed appropriate um, but I guess you know I'll kind of intersperse these throughout as things sort of happen and I feel a person you know a personal desire to sort of speak to those things kind of similarly to when I finally like unloaded with that, that vlog entry last year I may do more of this and less of that it's uh, harder to tie me down uh, and do blogs now tie myself down um, but I, I find myself driving around in the car a lot, obviously. So uh, there may be more of this. Um, I'm going to try to. This one's going to be called Nothing's Feel, Nothing Feels Good for obvious reasons. But I think my inside joke, because I'm being all emotional, is to uh, title these personal mail pieces after classic emo albums. Uh, stuff I grew up listening to. Um, just because it's got a lot in common with what's going on. So this one obviously is named after the Promise Ring album. Uh, whenever you, if you're in the know, if you see a title like that go up, just kind of this is what you're in for. So just know that, um, and be ready for it. But again, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like be all poor pitiful me. I just kind of again want to throw the, the reality of it out there because I, as as much as I may sound like I'm complaining or down in the dumps or sad, like I do. I have to sort of I try to every night sort of like I don't say meditate because that sounds real hippy dippy uh, although I mean I see a value in it but it just sounds weird coming out and it sounds people I, I notice people turn off when you mention stuff like that but I try to have a moment every night where I sit there and sort of reevaluate and recalibrate myself and remember all the positive stuff that is happening that you one would tend to lose sight of because of all the other you know, bullshit life stuff that gets in the way or, uh, you know, all the, all the, all the white noise that you need to sort of learn to tune out and, uh, focus on the goal, you know, keep your eye on the ball kind of stuff. Um, I've gotten better at trying to do that. Um, so that this kind of serves that purpose for me too. Like I can kind of get, I get the negativity out there. Unfortunately, like on the, you know, 
what you're getting and what you're hearing sounds like mostly negativity, but it's kind of a purge for me so I can get it out there, talk about it, feel better about it internally, but I also hope that someone out there will hear this and parts of it may vibe with their personal experience and you know, they maybe feel might feel a little bit better about themselves and the struggle they're going through and getting whatever getting whatever they have off the ground. I found that in the past when I do this people will always approach me invariably and and talk to me and be like, Hey dude, I'm so glad that you said that. I feel like I've been dealing with the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. So hopefully, you know, someone, someone will, you know, get that out of it. I, uh, I do have moments where, uh, I kind of, I have that, I have that, I personally have that experience with other people's things. Like, Um, last year, right before I did my big blog, Todd Farmer, the guy that wrote Jason X and, um, uh, my bloody Valentine remake, he had a similar thing. He put up a similar thing, um, just detailing how his life had gotten real. Like he was homeless for a while living in his car. He has a daughter and I mean, you know, he, for a while he was, I think he wrote drive angry with Nicolas Cage. Like he had some pretty big stuff going on, but the reality of it was you know, there was a lull. He kind of had to start doing what he needed to do. He had to get a, a regular job, quote unquote, regular job, um, kind of make things happen. So that really sparked something in me to basically get my story out there too. And I've had people reply to me about my story. So, you know, it's, you're sort of paying it forward, I guess. Everybody deals with this stuff. Everybody has their own version of this stuff, I think. So, um, this is my version and hopefully you can get something out of it. So I think that's going to be it for this. I think I've talked enough. Um, it's almost an hour, maybe a little less, but, uh, our next episode will more more than likely be more of a normal quote unquote episode. Um, I've actually already got it ready to go. So I think it's the, the, an episode where Chris and I kind of talk about writing and our processes. And then after that, we'll start incorporating some of the interview episodes and things like that. Um, and we will see where 2016 takes us. As always, thanks for listening. Make sure you stay in touch. Uh, on Twitter, I am at Upstart Film. Chris is at CWAR54. Don't blame him for this one. Uh, business website is upstartfilmworks.net. And we will see you next time. <laughs>